0: Hi everyone, this is Leah and you are listening to What the Mind Sees, the Body Creates podcast brought to you by Steps to Change, the company that has in your best interest of healing the past so you can create your future on your terms. and welcome back everyone this is Leah from Steps to Change and how are you today as I mentioned today is going to be another really interesting episode where we're going to look at Jung as a theory looking at archetypes now this guy was around in the um, mid to early 1900s and so 1920s they're about he was an off branch from Freud and he suggested quite some really interesting theories So today we're going to be talking about that theory and how um, the archetypes, there's 12 that we're going to briefly touch on, but really how the subconscious, the shadow, the collective, and the persona all created and how we then operate within, believe it or not, with very much within his theory as well. Now if you do a crossover of the three that we've looked at which was Ericsson's to begin with and the um, eight stages of psychosocial development that overload with um, the physical development of the child you know through the infancy to babyhood to childhood up through to adulthood and we can overlay attachment theory which is looking really much around safety perception and the self-belief and self-esteem and worthiness issues the child develops and the lies and the beliefs and the rules that the child takes on with this and then if we look at social rules so the the social aspect of what um, we are meant to live by according to the social, the cultural, the historic, the locational, the geographical ideals and the political ideals. So Young, interestingly enough went a little bit further and he started to speak about the unconscious and identifying that in many ways the emotions was the seat of the unconscious. Now how he came to this idea or why he says this is that the emotions as we've already discussed can get trapped in the body so we can have aches and pains when we dialogue with the aches and pains or the disease or the symptomology then we can have insight into the emotions that are stuck there. So we can use this information to our benefit, and certainly is a very interesting process that we can go to. Another way that Jung's theories are often presented is the self-actualization you know, the whole hero journey quest that we all must go through to step away from our inherited stories and literally climb the mountain and face our demons, face our enemies and all those highly um, fairy tale like figures and s- not necessarily conquer them with death, but certainly in a sense really take them in and internalize their strengths and yet allow for that the challenging traits to still be there now there is a book series that really does this well um, it's aimed at children but you know as, as adults because i was reading it to my children growing up is the deltora quest series now these stories are like i said aimed at children but each level and it was like a game in many ways because each level or each um stone or gem that this these guys had to collect on their journey was an overlay of interestingly enough the chakras but also the traits of these particular hero stories so that's something that you can read in uh, you know you can really get your head around when you're reading stories like this like the del Toro crest is this the book series but we see it with really interesting um really interesting dialogue books you know a lot of the fantasy stories you know you've got the hero you got the damsel in distress you got um, the spiritual you know the um, what do you call them the priest in the the village and all these types of characters the peasant and you can really see once you start to become aware of the different archetypes that we all live out in our own everyday world the roles that we have created for ourselves through something like Ericsson has developed um, overlaying with Bowlby's attachment theory and then we can also see that there is a collective or the genre of the time that we grew up in, which is then under Jung's, is the, um, the personal unconsciousness, And then we also have our strengths and our shadows, which is very much around the, um, you know, the strengths and the weaknesses. And it's a shadow in his belief that we need to not conquer in an overtaking or bullying type of way, but really to acknowledge and explore and tease through and learn the lessons that they have. Now, from other psychotherapy perspectives, the shadow side is really a protector side too, because as we've been talking about, when we have really challenging, painful, hurtful experiences, there's a story that is created around this, and this is where Jung really steps in, in the story making, to help label, identify, or categorize these experiences into into groupings. So, just as we've said earlier, the subconscious makes stories and folders to help explain the scenario, to um, categorize these emotions into the folders. Then, when we look at the shadow side, it is wanting to protect us from revisiting the painful experiences of the past. So, there is a role there as well. It is a protective role, even if it's dysfunctional, now that we're adults. So as we work through all of this, um, it it is fascinating. And I just want you to really consider, you know, take a deep breath in and have a look at your life, you know, the patterns in your life, what sort of um, people have you wanted to emulate or, you know, to become more like, what do you see to be innate strengths? What do you see to be innate weaknesses, and often we may not see them um, ourselves until you start doing a quiz or something, or you become very aware of the stories that we tell ourselves and our behaviour responses that we um, live through. The other benefit when we really start to do this is that we can um, not only integrate the shadow side and strengthen the strengths, but then we can also lighten up a lot of our own energy simply because to keep the shadow in wrap or you know, even just to keep the folders that need to be archived in you know, the really traumatic ones or even the things that we don't and we consciously refuse to acknowledge, it takes a fair bit of energy to keep those folders closed. So when we start to explore them, you know literally invite them out with a curiosity not as a judgment when we get curious about the parts of us that are there then we also start to lighten up a lot of energy and that the energy can be used in more productive ways by choice i think just that in itself is uh, quite ex- exciting and i see it you know when we're having depressed days how much energy, energy does it take and depression is often labeled as deep um, suppressed anger you know so you might be agitated about something but you don't want to look at it or it could simply be that there is issues coming up and again the more that we resist and imagine how much energy it takes um, to push against something that we don't want so more that we resist looking at these things the more we resist the reality of what's going on It in itself takes a lot of mental, emotional and physical energy to keep things at bay. So sometimes it really is in our favour, you know, take some time out and just say okay, so what is here? And with that real curious type of questioning, okay talk to me, what is actually going on here? And enabling the folders to open up so you can see then the various aspects of our psyche that are basically just ready to come forward and have that dialogue with us. Because in my interpretation, this is the way I help myself to work with the idea, is that all these trapped or shadow emotions are just like children. You know, the, the parts of us, in my case, if I personalise it, it's the past of myself that at different incidences or experiences where that part of the little girl just shut down that little bit more or even fragmented or in the true trauma states literally locked the door and and so there is fragments or there's parts of us that are really not being present or not being fully integrated into our adult psychic and adult relationships so again when we can open up these trapped areas not only are we releasing energy but we also really integrating back all our past of ourselves so that we become more and more whole okay that's the other big part we want to become whole we want to become really um, integrated and in alignment not fragmented and and, and cut so the other thing that with when we do dismantle the armors around these fragmented parts of our past then we have less trigger points because it's like you don't need the armor so you don't need that string or that detonator anymore either so we can literally remove the red button or the flag or you know that you know that places where people just know that they can say something or do something and we are triggered or annoyed or we are activated or there's a reaction like a pre-scripted reaction almost where the autopilot just takes over and says blah blah, blah 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 so when we do this when we again face what's hiding have an honest conversation with these parts bring them back and show them that they're only there because they've been hurt in the past But the adult you, the stronger you, the one that's gone further along the journey quest, in a sense have gone back down the mountains and collecting these parts of yourself along the way. So the younger you can see the strength in the adult you and can literally see and observe the benefits and the strengths and experiences and also what you have now. And by doing this integrated inner child work, then it's a magical way to help you know heal the past and bring the past to the now still having all the lessons that you could you have learned during those particular times so once we remove the, the triggers you can imagine that we're not as reactive we're actually responsive which is a much healthier way of communicating and living in our world because it's like okay you said that what does that actually mean and again from that curious point of view instead of the reactive point of view where you might project or you might push back or you might yell back or you know call names or whatever it's much much easier to go oh that's what you're thinking tell me more about that I please I'd like to have the insight or the understanding of why you're saying that I didn't see that in myself and now I do I can now look at it in a more objective unemotional way and then we can work out a better solution it certainly does create more win-wins okay it certainly does reduce the number of um, reactive people in your life as well because what as we know you know what emotions or what the vibe we poured out if we're more confident you know in our own power we have know ourselves so much more then people who want to be argumentative and not getting that bite may not stick around and so in many ways life gets peaceful. You have deeper connections because you're connecting with other people who are of a similar vein of curiosity for instance or more loving space, more supportive space. Those who who really want to have other meaningful conversations and so this is where you really start to create the life on your terms because you have a lot more information to work with, not only from the Ericsson to say, oh, this is my gap still. Historically, I shut down at these particular ages. Now let's potentially constructively explore, you know, the different stages and the different um, virtual strength that needs to be readdressed of those stages. And then you can also go back to your attachment theory and say, okay, I really need to work on loving myself and not expecting my parents to ever rescue me and to start parent ourselves with lots of self-care, lots of self-nurture and self-love and and in many ways spoil that inner child and give them the love and the nurture and encouragement and the reassurance and the strengths and the wisdoms that you now have, and this is where we have the concept of parenting ourselves. When I I fell apart last year, it was a really interesting phase of my life. I had um, broken up with a, a, a guy who richly, totally unexpectedly, ripped my heart out, and and with this knowledge that I know, I can understand exactly what was happening. He represented. Some very important people for my past and it was just like they just left and abandoned me again it was a huge huge trigger like a huge massive wound was then created like a crater and then i started to do some um, hypnotherapy or asked a few colleagues to help me through this really painful experience and when we dived right down into the core and this is what i see when i work with other clients too that when we when together when we looked at my core issue around this abandonment and rejection we went right back to um, before but so after conception but certainly very much in the womb now I already knew that I was meant to be aborted so that wasn't a shock to me but what was was that um, the therapist and rightfully said well you need to parent this younger you and I said I don't know how to do that And that was more distressing, to be honest, because I already consciously knew that I was meant to be aborted. Um, You know, the circumstance was my parents, you know, I was going to be the fifth child in a very poor environment. There was lots of dynamics going on. not a, a great environment to bring another child into. And I can appreciate that now. But the total abandonment and rejection, so the emotional trigger that was... And sometimes still stuck there. I still revert back a little bit, but once I was able to work through this concept and then explored. Okay, so if I need to parent myself, I need to give self love, I needed to work out what love was because I'd never really, really felt it. I had with one person, but again, he was emotionally unavailable as well. So it was like, how do you do this? How does one love oneself? And so that was the journey part in in that my my part of the mountain overall. So what I ended up doing was again looking at parents. How did I want to parent my children when they were babies? How did I actually do that? What sort of words did I use? And so I took on the idea that when challenges were coming up, then to speak to myself as I would a baby or a child, you know, giving the assurance. While still listening to the fears and the uncertainty and the issues and the gripes and the frustrations that this little person in me had. Now, was it always easy? No, definitely not. But so, so worth it. And again, this is where good therapy and a good therapist can be so, so powerful and so worth the investment to help and just support and create that very safe environment, which is what um, attachment theory encourages. You know, if we didn't have safe environments as children, then therapy can be that place of safety to explore in a non-reactive, non-judgmental environment that a therapist session should create. And I don't often use the word should, but in this case I do, Um, should create a safe zone to be vulnerable, to be honest, to be non-reactive back to um, the, the client and to ask supportive nurturing clarifying questions that show the the client how much strength they actually do have and using then cognitive therapy to reinforce the positives and the achievements and the strengths that they have so when we can do this when we create a safe environment from others with others or we can then get to the point of creating that safe environment in ourselves when we can talk to us and say, yep, this is freaking scary stuff and I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? I know I can do it because I've done it, this, 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 and this, and we're just gonna hold each other's hand and we will get through this. Or we know more clearly the type of support that we need. And it may be um, professional technical help. So you may need to ask um, for strategy help or, or planning help or skill set." help and with that we become more knowledgeable about our gaps and our needs and our weaknesses and our strengths and then we again take more ownership of our life which is the whole process of growing up is it not and I I really do get the idea sometimes it would be nice to be a child and have all that all the good stuff but not many people do so we then as adults it is our responsibility to to own our life to heal the parts of our past and then create it what we want it to be which is the whole message of my company so if we get back um to the other benefits of looking at the shadow side under the jungian um, theory is that our relationships do improve because one we we have more energy we know our souls more better we don't be we're not as reactive because we're healing our trigger points we also have a lot more insight to human behavior and so we can go oh so they're just reacting they're they're the ones not with the issue in a bad sense but they're the ones are having a moment based on their history based on their experiences and they just need something now I don't suggest that you become the therapist in these moments and maybe it's just being a really good friend and say okay I'm just going to listen And as we know, women love to just vent. Sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes guys often will just need to go into their man cave and that's okay. But respecting how the individual processes and just being there to support them. Obviously, if it's bigger issues, if it's not um, improving, then getting formal help can certainly be what's needed as well. But that comes with knowing oneself, you know, what do we actually need? And getting over, and I mean that with a loving stand, you know, get over ourselves and get out of our own fear and our own um, egotistical protective nature of embarrassment or inferiority or insecurity and saying, you know what, I'm actually really stuck here, like literally stuck in the mud. If you can imagine that journey quest, you know, our, our hero is doing a fantastic job and then for some unknown reason he gets hit on the back of the head as they always seem to do or they get into this fight and then they get injured and the damsel comes over and and takes them to the sage you know the, the healer and gets patched up again and the priest might pop past and says you're good on you boy and and so sometimes you really do need to see the various parts of the archetype stories playing out in real life too so that's of the major benefits. And the other big thing, the other big, big thing I want you to think, remind yourselves about is that everyone has the male and the female side, which is another Jungian, um, Freudian uh, belief, is that to be whole, we must have the good, the bad, the black, the white, the male, the female, the ego, the, the super ego. And it's when we can blend these respectfully not dominate one or the other that we can use whichever side or whichever part is required in the moment respectfully to get the task done. Because we've all seen it we've all have had to be quite sensitive in the nurturing mother archetype and I'm going to introduce them very soon. And sometimes we've had to be the very male, the strong, the warrior almost to be able to make a stand and actually push through. So we all have these traits, it's just that we have a predominant trait and we have a more deeper archetype and that becomes more from the historic um, generational collectives of the subconscious. Okay, so let's have a look at what the archetypes actually are. And this is, um, it's interesting, let me just say, and I. Uh, Again, this is a personal assessment. I love this particular theory because it does get into the fantasy side that little bit more. It does make it lighter and a lot more playful. And we see, like I've said a few times already in this episode, we see the archetypes literally playing out in almost everything. You know, the most familiar is obviously the hero, um, the gesture, and the lover, the mother uh, role, um, the rebel. Okay, so we we do or we are familiar with them so what i'm going to do is just pull out a few of them Um, again just to to give you an idea so you might be be able to prompt to go oh yeah that makes sense i can see how that works but the link from where i'm taking this from is in the down um, download sheet okay or i might just put it into the the verb on the on the podcast But it is interesting and uh, there is lots of books around it, modern day. But if you want to go back to the original, you know, the Jungian theory, then certainly is worth investigating. Okay, so the most common ones that we're familiar with is The Innocent. Um, It's the one, you know, the motto they go by is free to be you and me. They just want to get to paradise. They want to keep things happy. They want to keep things peaceful and live a life that's really quite good. The greatest fear is to be punished for doing something bad or wrong, so they will protect this side fiercely because they don't want to be seen as bad or wrong or inadequate and they want to do things right all the time, so the perfectionist in many ways. Um, They may be a little bit boring and a little bit overly naive and innocent um, and they have a lot of faith and optimism. So other names that they go by the utopian the traditionalist naive the mystic saint romantic and the dreamer so these are the guys and the girls who you know just want to do their own thing want to be safe want to keep everything's happy and rosy um but because they go along with things a little bit too much they can be a little bit boring um certainly naive and maybe not have so much of a voice because they don't want to be seen as wrong or bad so if you keep peace then you're going to be safe aren't you Okay, the other one we're very familiar with is the hero. The will, there's a way. Oh, that's so me. You know, we can make things happen no matter what. Just get out of my way, let me do it. Teach me what I have to do, and I'll just get on with it. And even if I don't know what I'm doing, just I'll just make it happen. All right. so that was very much my um, yeah, my motto growing up because I wasn't supported, I wasn't nurtured. I you know I always had to do the things anyway. So the core desire is to prove one's worth through courageous acts, uh, always proving worth. And the flip side of that is being, perceiving ourselves as being unworthy. So that's the real negative side, you know, feeling um, the, the weakness is arrogance, but needing to put another battle to fight. But it's also very much around, um, we're not worthy enough. We never actually achieve the goal because we we'll always have to push through. We, we become experts. Um, in the world that we live in and the, the theories and the, the practice of what we do. We can't be seen as weakness or vulnerable, certainly can't be the chicken. You know, if you could ever call us yellow chickens, then that was like a, it is a huge insult. And we want to be strong as competent as possible so the perfectionist really comes out. You know, we have to be the A plus or we have to be the one who nails it. We can't be faulty, can't do things wrong. Other names, warrior, crusader, rescuer, superhero, soldier, dragon slayer, winner, the team player. Oh, I hope this is pushing a few buttons because if that was you too, then not only are you not alone, (laughs) but there's a fair bit of work to be done to be mellow and to say, okay, we can hand over, you can delegate, you can actually ask for help. And to be always strong and competent is not necessarily a good thing because you're actually stealing away the opportunity for other people to shine and counter why is this like you just want to be always in the spotlight even if it's hidden but you're the rescuer you're the one that actually does it okay another common one the caregiver oh, love your neighbor as yourself i'm also guilty of this one um, you want to protect and care for others, the underdog. You know, help them actually do what needs to get done. Protect them, but also empower them. Um, to help others is a really big driver for lots of people. From they don't want to be seen as selfish or in ingratitude. So they don't want to be seen as wanting something back. You know, it's just a giver, like the caregiver. They're constantly helping out. Say, oh no, don't worry about. It. Don't no, just no, 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 no. I'll do it. It's okay martyrdom and being exploited are the biggest risks because with that you know when you're constantly given and you're not taking and looking after yourself and self-care and self-love then over time the risk is that you'll be exploited but also develop a sense of resentment because the other parts of you tend to go you know what how about me you know, you give and you give and you give and you give and you give because you want other people to feel protected and cared for and nurtured and loved. But it's like it just never comes back. One, because you push it away. you just have this barrier up against receiving care and nourishment for mothers. But over time, there's the other parts of you that go, just a minute, I really need this. And it's really difficult to ask for help, really difficult to be seen as potentially weak and saying, you know, I just want... I need you to help me and say it with self-respect you also might be known as the saint the altruist the parent the helper and the supporter okay so a few more that were the eagle ones they're the ones that we see very easily then there's the soul type these are the deeper ones um, and these are the ones that are the drivers in many ways you know the alter ego the explorer don't fence me the wanderer, you know, the gypsy. I've got a fair bit of gypsy in me as well. When when things get really tough, um, you know, there's an escapism that I go into, which is a bit of a gypsy. And and again, it's about let's just make things better, more authentic, more fulfilling. Let's be honest with ourselves, but we might need to escape. Um, we don't want to be trapped or conforming too much. We want or having an inner emptiness. We want to feel... We're actually contributing, but from a deeper space, not just from the caregiving side, but also the leader that is implanting lots and lots and lots of benefits. Okay. One of our biggest weaknesses, aimless wandering and become a bit of a misfit. Oh, that was a good time of life. Um, and we're very autonomous, ambitious, and we want to be true to our own soul. So the seeker, the wanderer, the individualist, the pilgrim. These are the people who in many ways have been the leaders because constantly looking for the better way of living from. Okay, so we're always constantly exploring, considering, going deeper. And then when we blend her through with the other parts of ourselves, it can be a really powerful space to work from. Okay, the rebel is another one, the black sheep, the wild man, the misfit, you know, the ones who push the buttons and really challenge society rules are meant to be broken of course they are you know we want revenge or revolution you know not one or the other we want to actually make total turnover of what isn't working oh this is a fun one in some ways however they can be quite disruptive it can destroy things and certainly shock other people and the weakness is crossing over the dark side and crime because you don't like to take follow rules you want to be free to do what you want the way you want to do it and to hell with some other people sometimes and while this is useful and um, and bringing out the rebel when you want to challenge other parts of yourself you know when you need that that really strong power going you know what, i'm just going to do it anyway i'm just going to break my own rules and rewrite them because my life isn't working the way i want it to at this moment and i can't see it changing So literally inviting the rebel side to come out and own their power within your own development and then being able to say no to other people when they want to push you back or they want to keep you down or keep you small. You can go, no, the rebellion then have the voice to say, it ain't going to happen, buddy. This is how we're going to do it. And, And talk from that really empowered side of you where your boundaries are tight and firm. And then when you blend that very much with um there's another one that the ruler side you know power isn't everything it's the only thing sometimes the rule which is a very strong power um and is a protector in many ways the rebel and the protector together it can really really make inroads to our own psyche and create a much stronger individual okay the other ones we're familiar with the lover the only one this is the romantic side yeah the intimate one, the enthusiastic the sensualist. you know the the real supportive nurturing but from a love space um they don't want to be alone they want to be a wallflower or I hate the idea of being unwanted or unloved now we've all known these people I think we all are to some extent the lover because again in our core it is that it is love we want to be in a in a loving relationship we want to be nurtured and cared for We want that intimacy and experience, however from our experiences we've learned to shut this part down, especially in the families or in the society where guys aren't encouraged necessarily to be that really nurturing, loving, supportive, nurturing side, the feminine side to come out and in most cases we experience the lover as being very feminine. But as we know, we need both the male and the female. And as it's given the take, the blend of the two inside the lover, you know, that really strong masculine holding space side in a loving supportive way. And then having that softer feminine side be able to receive this in a loving receptance. And so again, we can use these dynamics and this information to build up the holistic side of our personalities. Okay. Now, a few other ones that and um, obviously the creator uh, the artist we're familiar with them too um the jester you know the the one who's the joker or the practical joke the comedian the one who needs to have the funny side um their greatest fear is actually being bored and boring others so they like to keep things light and to be playful and to bring um you know to really be bringing joy into other people's lives however one of the weaknesses is frivolity and wasting time so we've also accused you know the jesters and our playmates as being the ones who just don't get on with life and they just want to play all the time and I think there's a bit of jealousy from the other character traits you go I just want to be more like that sometimes and so there's a time and a place that we can bring um, these different parts of ourselves to the fore and yes we might need to learn how to do that we may need to learn to give permission even or we might go i've never been that okay well i'm sure there is all of these 12 in our psyche somewhere because they come from the subconscious collective so we can literally tap in to that and go okay today i actually need this playful gesture to come forward and down the road you know we're having um a mediation or we need to actually face a a challenging situation i need the rebel and the ruler out to do that but with a bit of lover as well so we can soften and actually present an argument that's strong but also considerate of others the other ones that we um, make things happen the magician the ones just seem to have the mildest touch so to speak uh, the inventor, the catalyst, the visionary, the leader, the healer. They're just able to make things come together. They understand the fundamental laws of the universe. Okay, so these really are the magic people. They are the mightest touch. Um, we don't want to, you know, bring on unintended negative consequences by accident. We might do it on purpose because sometimes tough love is required to really push the boundary or to stand our ground and help another to step into their power. Um we develop a vision and live by it. So we often will be the longer term idealists, but we also may at times become manipulative to get our win-win situations on a little bit faster. We may not always be the most patient because we can see the bigger picture. I mean, we just want this to happen. And then again, depending on your sub personality, character traits, what's there naturally in you, then it's you know sometimes we might go swaying a little bit too far on one or the other or there might be a bit too much crossover to create a situation that isn't always in our best interest but that's okay and that's what all this information is about it's just to give you insight a bit of bit more understanding of what could be playing out in your own mind your own subconscious and certainly your own psyche and go okay Did any of that resonate with me? If yes, well, great, fantastic. Let's start exploring ourselves. And as we know, and I will keep on saying it, self-awareness is always the first step. And once we get clear of what we perceive ourselves to be, our strengths and our weaknesses, and what we really want to be creating with our life, you know, as much detail as possible, then with that knowledge, you can learn how to use these bits of pieces that we've been talking about so far. We can learn, do I actually need a lot more safety in my life? Now, how would safety need to be presented? Is it about having a safe home? Literally or figuratively, you know, do we need bars on the windows, excuse me? Do we need to have a sense of safety that I can self care and I'm strong enough now to be able to look after my emotional needs, and be resilient, Or do I still need at times a support network to really hold me up more often than not? Where are your gaps? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you still need to learn or encourage or develop? And what things can you also delegate? So when we look at some of our, what we don't want to call the negative side, but the things that aren't in our best interest to continue on the journey with us, can some of those things be delegated? You know, can you employ someone to help you um, do what needs to get done so you can focus more on what you want? You know, the house cleaner, for instance, or the yard person. Um, Can you delegate some things if you're in the business? Can you actually say no to some roles in your job? Um, Can you renegotiate some of your contracts? Can you talk to your friends in a different way can you maybe distance yourself from some of your friends if they are not a healthy mix for you to where you want to go do you need to make new friends or hang out with new people that um, as a mentor in a sense that they've already achieved the things that you would like to achieve or create in their lives that you want to create because often we don't know what we don't know and it is purely by exploring possibilities and experimenting and testing the waters of opportunities and experience that we go yes or no or i might need to keep testing this there's a little bit something in here i like i'm just not sure and then as our triggers are being triggered because this whole process is a process of exploration then as we literally are triggered or challenged or annoyed or whatever word you want to use then this is a silver Little, literally it is the gold and the silver and all the gems you could possibly have because it is literally a part in our psyche that has been holding us back and once we get to it once we disconnect the trigger line literally de-detonate the trigger and we go in there and we look at the situation or situations You know the pattern of what we've created in the past and we can heal it or we can come to peace with it or we can let it go we can love it we can bring it to the front and then let that inner child go wow okay yeah it was really stupid what actually happened and yes it was extremely painful and i really felt this this and this but you know what that did happen and now i can choose differently and it's in the ownership of i now choose differently and make a decision with commitment to move forward learn the skills that you need to learn let go of the things that you need to let go stand in your power with self-love self-compassion empathy extend that to others while still maintaining or even creating healthy boundaries that are self-respecting to both parties then that really is when the magic happens. Because once we own ourselves, once we own our responses, our thoughts, our feelings, our reactions, our past, but also then own into the future what we choose to become, then the whole universe does support it. And this is again when Jung says, you know, the collective consciousness can be tapped into. You can actually ask for inspiration, you can ask for support. You can ask for things to happen and this is where the you know the universal laws actually come into play big time and we'll talk about them in another episode but most people are familiar with the law of attraction or the law of vibration where everything is a vibration as we spoke about in episode one or two when i was explaining how everything is just energy it is a vibration that is created in response to the elements the periodic table coming together in a particular manner or recipe based on what we need to be or what is around us so when we can work with that and a thought creates an energy vibe so we put out a thought we put out a belief we put out into the universe the expectations as well and then we can literally ask in a recipe format with repetition with certainty it is possible And then we will talk about how to do that a little bit later down the episodes but we can literally in a recipe quiet format declare what we want to have in our life and that's really is what magic is is it not alchemy pure alchemy where we can change ourselves from a from coal into gold all right everyone that is the end of today's session on Jungian theory I hope you enjoyed that one as I said it's it's one that is quite playful and now that you've started to explore the ideas of how we develop our emotional psychological or our thinking side and how our challenges from early experiences help to create who and what we are in the adult form that we are really operating from history until we become aware and once we become aware what our patterns are why we become aware of what we're feeling and doing and storing at that moment then we have the authority to say yes or no or you know part to yes and partly to know parts of I want to keep this stuff that I just want to let go the stuff I definitely want to heal the stuff that I actually want to strengthen and with that awareness it is so empowering to go yep this is what I'm making this is where we're going this is what we're doing and then just allow, in many ways, the good things to come back. You to see the world as a reflection and the affirming of, yes, you're on track or not. As you move through your own personal journey quest up the mountain and, you know, challenging the, the different characters along the way and learning how to actually deal with them from a more compassionate side. And maybe get those books, The Del Toro Quest. They really are a wonderful kid style, so it's nice and light. But the hidden messages in that and that's why you know the kids love it and they do so well with them is because the information's going into the subconscious in a sponge so start reading to your kids earlier that's the other recommendation all right everyone as usual if this of, has been of interest to you please do share you can um give feedback i'd love to know what your thinks your thoughts are on this particular episode and if you want to work with me, if you actually want to explore some of these hidden parts of you and strengthen the ones that benefit and heal and shift the ones that are not, you can go to the website www.steps2change.com.au all letters, and you can book in for a free chat or you can download some of the free resources off the website as well. And yeah, let's start to support you to really create your life on your terms. Until tomorrow or the next episode when we catch up again, keep doing the good stuff. You're doing great.